everybody, welcome to another episode of Nostalgia and Now with Laguna Biatch. As always, it is your host, Kelly. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you for listening. As always, we have a fun episode ahead of us. I will say we have Bridget Meyer, who is kind of coming up on TikTok a bit. She has almost 300,000 likes, I'm sure. By the time this podcast comes out, she will have hit that milestone, but we'll talk about that with her. Um, Last week, obviously, Lo was on the podcast. Really exciting. She was super nice, super generous with her time. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I was nervous because, you know, obviously, I'm not going to talk about specific things with her, and that's one thing I try and do. I always just try and keep it respectful. Before the podcast even started, I said to her, I'm like, you know, I'm not here to have some big shock moment or anything like that. But I would like to have this conversation, and it's more of just a back-and-forth kind of conversation. And that's what I try and do with all of the guests that have generously donated their time to come on the podcast. Somebody actually asked not long ago, have I ever paid anyone to come on the podcast? The answer to that is no. I did try and get Chase Crawford to come on the podcast, and his agent told me it would cost me thousands of dollars. So he's the the only one who who asks for money, but maybe one day he will decide that it is worth his time to just come on and chat for a little bit. Fingers crossed, right? Fingers crossed. It's pretty crazy, so I don't know if you guys realize this, but we are about to hit the 100th episode. This is the 99th episode, and I just wanted to take a moment. You know me. I like to get in my feels, but I want to take a moment and say thank you so much for sticking around, for listening. I know there have been moments where the podcast got a little dark because I wasn't in the best spots. I do know that. I know there were moments where... Honestly, I was kind of sick of talking about Laguna Beach in the Hill, so I had to kind of figure out how I could make this fun for everybody listening and for me to do it. And I think I think we're in a good place. I feel really good about the podcast lately. You know, I'm just, I'm really excited to see what happens and I'm excited to have more guests and I'm going to do better about bringing guests on. Um, but I do like to have the episodes where it's just kind of us, you know, we're just having our little moment together. But again, thank you guys so much for hanging on for so long. If you're a newer listener, welcome. We're happy to have you. And yeah, I think over time, we're going to have a lot more fun and we're going to have great hosts. And I also want to apologize if the sound isn't as clear as it could be. I, as you guys know, last week and I moved, that's why the low, um, that's why the low podcast was a little late, but I have like no, I don't have a lot of stuff because I move a lot. I've moved, this is my third apartment in not even four years. So I do tend to move around quite a bit and I don't like to move. As you guys know, if you are following my stories, I had a hell of a move this time. The company that I used, I used them previously and they were fantastic. This time around, not so much. You know, I know cars break down. I know trucks break down, but it was 10 hours of basically no communication And I don't want to light him up. The guy was very apologetic. They did not charge me for the move. So that's kind of why I don't want to say the company's name. But I also don't want people to get fucked over by them. So maybe it's like, it's like a company. Then title is when you're like very dressed up. I'll leave it at that. And you guys can can take that for what you will and maybe Google it if you want. But yeah, it was, it was nice to have my dad here. It's kind of funny now that I'm older. My dad and I were a lot closer than we've ever been. I feel like this is the closest we've ever been. He's starting to really understand more mental health and emotion things. And he's really trying to listen and understand. That's one thing I love about my dad. He's trying to just understand that, you know, anxiety is not an overreaction. Depression is real. 
And of course, that's a part of his upbringing. Maybe they didn't talk about those things or whatever the case may be. I know he's really, really trying with me. He's trying to understand it better. And that's really all you can ask for, I think. But overall, it was just, it was a great visit. I love hanging out with my dad. It was the best time. And I wanted to say thank you guys for being patient with the podcast. I know lately the episodes have been late or maybe even a week without an episode. Like next week, I'm actually going home for my brother's um, wedding, my stepbrother's wedding. At this point, he's my brother, right? Like my dad and stepmother have been together 20 years. I grew up with Dylan at this point, but I'm really excited. I was asked to do a reading at the wedding, which, you know, I'm honored to do. To be a part of that big day just means the world to me. And yeah, I'm just, I'm ready. And I know it's gonna be such a beautiful day. And if you're listening to this on Tuesday, I am actually probably sitting at a desk at a new job. I did get a new job, I'm really excited about it. I'm the social media manager at a digital company in Nashville. And I, I'm just, I'm ready for this new beginning. And it's kind of funny, I was talking to my friend and I was like, you know, so many awesome things are happening. The move was great. I'm glad to be out of my old place, even though the acoustics here are really bothering me and I'm trying to make it work, but I feel like there's really echoey. And again, I apologize. A new job, I'm scared for it. You know, the wedding I'm excited for, but I'm ready to just be in Nashville for a little bit. I feel like the last six weeks, maybe the last even like three months, I've either been really unhappy where I was working, changed that, right? Like I quit that job, found a new job that I'm really excited about. And then even flying back home a month after landing here, it's not something I'm used to. And I'm not trying to say I travel a lot or anything like that. I don't think I travel that much, maybe a little more than the average person, just because I fly home to see my family. But I also know one of my friends, he travels the country every like two weeks, he's on a flight flying to another job. So I know it's not that much, but I'm ready just to like be back in my Nashville groove and not kind of like ready to, um, I don't know, just be on the move. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of what's going on with me. So next week, there will not be a podcast. No 100th podcast next week, but the following week there will be, and I'm hoping to have a guest. Um, it's somebody who is very near and dear to my heart. She is not a part of the Laguna Very Cavallari Hills kind of like era, era, sphere, world. I guess world is the better better way to say it, but I'm hoping that she'll be available to do it. She travels a lot as well for work, but yeah, so I'm excited about that. And I just wanna give you a little bit of a life update with that. And thank you guys for hanging out for so long. And also before I get into TRL, I wanted to say thank you guys for being so respectful, so cool. You know, we've, we've meaning me, you, everybody listening, everybody who doesn't listen to the podcast is just a part of the Facebook page or Instagram page or whatever. I think it's really awesome that we have made this community where people feel safe to kind of talk and tell their stories and all of that. I mean, we had Brad Fischetti from LFO come on and talk about the death of two of his really close friends, bandmates. And we we have a community where they feel comfortable to do that. Even Lo Bosworth, who does not talk a lot about Laguna in the Hills, she came on and gave us some great information about behind the scenes of reality TV. And I think we had a great time. So again, I wanted to say that's a statement to you guys as well. I get so many nice messages, but I just want to put out there, thank you guys for letting, allowing people to feel safe and allowing people to feel comfortable to tell their stories on this podcast. So I wanted to leave it off at that. I am excited for the future of this podcast. I think good things are going to happen, fingers crossed. And let's get into it. So this week on TRL, where there are no requests and it's not live, on Netflix, the top 10 shows and movies are at number 10, The Innocent, 9, Monster, 
eight, Coco Melon, seven, The Circle, six, Madagascar three, Europe's Most Wanted. And I have to say, Madagascar movies are like funny as hell. I will give Madagascar that credit that they deserve because that move, those movies are funny. I don't think I've ever seen the third one, but the first two are really funny. Number five is Shadowbone. Number four is Selena, the series. Number three, The Mitchells vs. The Machines. Number two is Sons of Sam. And number one is Jupiter's Legacy. On iTunes, the top 10 as of Sunday, May 9th. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, stepmoms, guardians, all of that. People who had a hard Mother's Day, my heart goes out to you as well. But I just wanted to throw that out there. Also, really quick, I know it was like Nurses Week and Teachers Week. So thank you to all the nurses and teachers out there. I appreciate you a lot. So for iTunes at number 10, The Business by Tiesto. Number nine is Peaches by Bieber. Number eight, We're Good, Dua Lipa. Number seven, Mama's Boy, Ryan Griffin. Number six, Without You, Kid Leroy and Miley Cyrus. Number five is Higher Power by Coldplay. Number four is Astronaut in the Ocean by Masked Wolf. Number three is Levitating, Dua Lipa and Da Baby. Number two, All I Know So Far by Pink. And then number one is Leave the Door Open by Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack, and Silk Sonic. So for my top 10 this week, I decided to do my top reality stars and I decided to take out Laguna and Hills people just because that's not fair. Like they take out my whole top 10. So now I am still getting used to Bravo. I'm still new to Bravo, still learning Bravo, but I wanted to put some Bravo people in there. Um, I'm sure that people will not like who I pick but that's why it's my top 10. We can all have different opinions, guys, I promise. So starting off at number 10, it is Lindsay Hubbard from Summer House. She is batshit crazy, I love her. I think right now she's like the perfect reality star. She gives me vibes, I don't know if you're watched Summer House, but at the end of Mean Girls when Regina George is playing lacrosse, those are the vibes that Lindsay Hubbard gives me. At number nine, I have Ariana Maddox from Vanderpump Rules. I know people either really love or hate her. I really like her a lot. I think she's funny. And I just, I don't know, I like following her on social media too, which a lot of these people I don't follow on social media because they actually annoy me on social media, even if I like them on their show. Number eight, Dorinda from Real Housewives in New York. Um, I think when she speaks in cursive, she's great. Dorinda can get mean when she's drunk, so that's kind of why she's lower on the list but she has given us some great clips, some great meme-worthy moments. So thank you for that, Dorinda. Number seven, I have Amy from Floribama Shore. I think this season, Amy's been pretty quiet because Gus and Jeremiah have kind of taken over all the drama, but I really love Amy. I think she brings a lot of comedy to the show. She's very funny. And yeah, I don't think the show would be the same without her. At number six, I have Nicole Richie from Simple Life. Honestly, Simple Life was like the first reality show I ever watched. And I thought Nicole Richie was absolutely hysterical. I still think she's really, really funny. So Nicole Richie, very special place in my heart. Number five is the only guy on the list. It's CT from The Challenge. I never watched him on Real World. I was a little too young to watch him on Real World. But on the challenge, he's been a consistent favorite of mine. I'm glad he's still there, glad he's still doing his damn thing. But CT comes in number five. Number four is Almarosa from The Apprentice. And she's up so high because she was the first reality show person I ever watched and was like, I do not like her, she is mean. She was the first villain I ever really encountered on reality TV. And yeah, that sticks with me, I think. 
you know, as that role, she was kind of iconic in it. And yeah, so she's number four, Omarosa. And it's funny, I was actually thinking about putting Simon Cowell on the list, but I didn't know if a reality star judge counts as a reality star or competition judge, I should say. So just so you know, Simon Cowell would have been on this list had I have put like competition judges on. Number three is Jemmy Carroll. You guys know I love her on The Real World, on The Challenge. She gives the best confessionals. Absolutely love her. She's a friend of the podcast, so gotta give her respect, not just for that, but um, yeah, I loved her. I was actually on Paramount Plus. They have The Real World New Orleans on, and re-watching that, I was like, I loved her so much. And there's a reason why I drank the way I did at 21. At number two, it is Tiffany New York Pollard. I don't think that you could ever have a list about reality stars without her on it. She is an icon. She has so many incredible quotes. Um, and yeah, I just, I love her so much. I wish she would come back to reality TV. I don't know if she ever will, but fingers crossed that one day she shows up again. And then at number one is Snooki from Jersey Shore. I grew up loving Snooki. I thought she was so funny. I still think she's so funny. So even though she's no longer on the Jersey Shore reunion, I thank her for all of the laughs that she gave us all over all those seasons of Jersey Shore. And now seeing her as like a mom with her three kids, you just, you gotta love growth. And yeah, Snooki is my A1 day one. I love her to death. So those are my top 10 reality stars. I feel like it's maybe not the strongest set. Again, like Spidey should be on it. Lauren should be on it. Lowe should be on it. All the Alex H. I know a lot of people are like, you know, I don't get the Alex H love, but I do. I get why I love her so much. But yeah, I would say those are my top 10 people. I would love to know your top 10. Tell me in the Facebook group what your top 10 reality stars would look like. I also want to say really quick, I've never watched Survivor or Big Brother. I never got into those shows. When I actually Googled like top reality stars, Lauren was number one, followed by like Bethany Frankel and then a lot of Survivor people. And I just, I don't know Survivor. So to any of my people who love Survivor, I'm so sorry nobody made the cut. I know Boston Rob, like I know people either really loved him or hated him, but he just, you know, I don't watch the show. Um, also, I was thinking, I was like, I guess technically Kelly Clarkson came from a reality show, but I am not going to put like Harry Styles, people who came from competition shows as reality stars. I won't do it. I think it's different categories and I will stick by that until the end of time. I like that that's what I'm passionate about. I'm like, no, 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 Lauren Conrad and Kelly Clarkson, although they were both on reality shows, it's different kinds of reality. So no, they are not technically the same caliber of reality stars. So before I get into the Hills recap, I wanted to say I almost pushed this episode a day so I could also give like the Hills reboot recap, but I'm just gonna not do that until the following week. I want to kind of let it, I kind of want to sit with it. You know, I don't want like a knee jerk reaction to something especially something like that, because there's already kind of like a bad taste in my mouth, just because I don't think the Hills reboot is good. So I'm hoping that maybe watching it, digesting it a little more, it won't be such a knee-jerk reaction, but I might just put it on my Instagram story. I might, instead of just holding out for a week, I'll probably just put it on my Instagram story and do it that way, just so you guys can see that. Um, so yeah, that is why there, that's why like I, like I said, I almost pushed this a day, but I did not want to do that really. Just because again, I kind of have my own bias about the reboot. I just, I, I want to like it so bad, but it's so hard for me to like it because I'm holding on so deeply to like the old hills and what it used to be like. 
And as I've said on other podcasts, as I've said on this podcast, it really frustrates me that this group of people, all the cast members like shit on the hills for a solid decade. And now all of a sudden they're like, no, this time it's real. Like that just kind of, I don't know. I don't know. And I understand like as the hills went on, it got more and more fake as Lowe even said about her fight with Audrina. But I don't know. It just, it bugs me. I do not like the reboot. I tried to like it. There were moments that I liked, but overall I would say, you know, kind of, kind of not into it. I will talk about it though. I do want you to know that just the night of the premiere is going to be on my Instagram rather than like an emergency podcast. Oh, and on the Facebook group, I will also do a master post. So if you're a part of the Facebook group, which is the Laguna Biatches, there will be a master Facebook group where we can all kind of chat about it and talk about how we feel about the episode. So as far as this episode of The Hills, it is season four, episode 12, I Want You to Be With Me. And this episode, I will say, is a bit more of a filler episode. Here and there, we get one of those. It is going to set us up for more of what's going to happen as the season goes on. So again, that is what I call a filler episode. It's kind of like there is some good stuff there, but for the most part, it is just there to prepare us for the drama that is going to come later in the season. It's like a mid-season, not finale, but you guys know what I'm talking about. So we start off, as always, with previously on The Hills. We're reminded that Steph and Brody don't get along. They absolutely hate one another, or Brody hates Steph. And then we're reminded that after Doug, things got worse. Now, Steph has a new boyfriend, and she hopes that he will set Brody straight. And we're also reminded that Audrina and Corey are together, and by now, she was over Justin's games. Or was she? Dun, dun, dun. So this is a very heavy Audrina episode. I just wanted to let you know that. And we start off at Sony. We're with Kiara and Audrina, and they're having their little Sony moment, as they do. And we find out they're going to be in the studio with Brandy. And Audrina then jokes that she's on a forgetting kick, because she kind of forgot about the thing with Brandy and Kiara's like, yeah, you've been forgetting everything. And she's like, I'm on a forgetting kick. So Cabo was that bad. Kiara asks, Justin is just a jerk. He was torturing me the whole time. He knows exactly what to do to make me mad. And then Audrina says, it's always the same thing with him. They break up, they get back together. She finds someone she wants to date. She just, she can't do it anymore. And Kiara goes, Audrina, I think you're starting to figure things out a little bit. After how long? And the girls just kind of laugh it off together. But what is kind of crazy is Kiara, Kiara gets really real with Audrina a little bit later in this episode. She kind of, she kind of not rips Audrina apart, but she has to be that friend. Every once in a while, you have to be that friend to tell your friend that they're being a fucking idiot. And that's kind of what Kiara does, like I said, later in the episode. And remember in Laguna Beach when Kristen says, that's the most random thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, we have a scene that is the most random scene I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> and it's between Stephanie and Lauren, and they're at the fabric store trying to find fabric samples for their class, their fake class that they weren't even going to, but MTV was trying to let us know that Lauren was still in college, even though she wasn't. So they need to find, like I said, they need to find samples for their class. They need to find four solids and two patterns. And they're just kind of looking, and Lauren's like, did I miss anything in class when I was in Cabo? And Steph says, no, you didn't miss anything important. And Stephanie then asks about Cabo. And Lauren says she didn't have as much fun as the guys. Lauren's kind of like, they partied really hard and we didn't. Like, she felt like it was a boy's trip and she shouldn't have even really been on it. And then Lauren says, yeah, they flew in a shipment of girls. Ugh, what a gross way to describe that. But I guess that's kind of what they did. And Steph's like, why did Doug fly in girls? 
I don't know, because boys like girls and it was Brody's birthday. Like the way Lauren talks to Stephanie sometimes, I'm kind of like, she's not that dumb. Like <laughs> the way she speaks to her, I'm like, damn, Lauren, you, you're cold hearted. But Stephanie fills Lauren in on the Cameron drama and they're officially together. She's like, yeah, we had the talk. We're officially together. But then Lauren invites Steph to a club and she's like, Brody will be there. They kind of go back and forth about it because of course Stephanie hates Brody. Brody hates Stephanie. But Stephanie's like, I have protection now. Ugh, ugh, that's kind of scary, right? Like you think little Cameron's gonna protect you from whatever, like, I wish we knew the true reason behind the Brody and Stephanie hate. And honestly, it's probably on Stephanie's wild ass podcast that she was on for a hot ass second. Maybe I'll go back and listen to those. But Lauren just says, it'll be fine. We will have fun. So the next scene, we are at the Lauren's and Audrina's house and Lauren and Brody are hanging poolside. Lauren hands Brody a drink. And, and what does Brody say right away? Ah, uh, thank you, princess. And then he looks over, he goes, why, why are you not in your, uh, in your bikini? Um, it's on under my dress is what she says. Lauren then tells Brody that she invited Steph out to the club tomorrow. Are you guys uh, besties again? I don't know. Well, you know how I feel about her. All BS aside, Steph is in a relationship and she's happy is what Lauren says to her. She it says to Brody, I'm sorry, not says to her. But Lauren just wants Brody to stop being such a psycho when it comes to Steph so they can all hang out. Good for her, happy for her. Brody then continues saying he doesn't understand how Lauren hasn't seen it yet. She's shady. I don't, I don't need you to be her best friend. I just need you to get along with her. Like Lauren's like, you don't even need to talk to her. Just like be pleasant to be around and don't fucking attack her. I just don't want to be surrounded by people like her. I just don't want to hang out with her. Like, I just, I want to know what happened. Did, did Brody ask her out and she said no? Is that why he's holding on to all this resentment? I need to know the story. Brody Jenner, tell me the fucking story of what happened and why you don't like Stephanie Pratt. Tell me right now. I mean, I think now we kind of see why, like all these years later, we kind of see why he probably did not like Steph. You know, she's kind of shown her true colors throughout the years. But anyway, back to the conversation. Lauren tells Brody that Spencer is getting into Stephanie's head and telling her that Cameron needs to pull Brody to the side and be like, hey, stop making my girlfriend cry. Like Spencer is very much in Cameron's head. How do you think Brody No Drama Jenner reacts to that? He doesn't react well. He's like, please let him say one thing to me. I'll be like, listen, homie, let me pull you outside and let me tell you some things about your girlfriend that you don't know. And right away, Lauren's like, hey, please lighten up. Like this anger that he has towards Stephanie. Again, I feel like we probably understand it a little bit more now that we've seen Stephanie kind of go off so on social media a few times. But Lauren's just like, lighten up. And when she stands up, she pushes him into the pool and then runs inside. And Brody's just standing there with that like smile on his face like, oh, it's on, man. You're gonna get it next time. <laughs> I don't know why he's now Southern. I don't know where that accent came from. But the next scene, we are at Kitchen 24 for a Corey and Audrina date. And I have to say they are very cute. Again, we know things ended very badly for these two. I'm just saying in the hills, they are very cute together. Corey's super cute. And he asks about Cabo, how long she was there. Just the weekend. I don't know why I thought they were there for like a whole week. I guess probably because they mentioned that they were there a whole week one time. So I just assumed they were doing that again. But Audrina ends up listing off everyone who went and he's upset about Justin. And he's like a romantic getaway. <laughs> that was my attempt at an Australian accent. Never again. Sorry to my Australian listeners. That was rude of me. But he's basically like, did you guys have a romantic getaway? It was a guy's trip. I don't know why he invited us to even go. Lauren and I shared a room. Like right away, he's like, Lauren and she's like, Lauren and I shared a room. I did not sleep in Justin Bobby's room, just so you know. 
And I think she is trying to calm his nerves because obviously nobody believes that Audrina will ever be over Justin Bobby. And Corey just says, I don't want to talk about Justin. Me either. And they just kind of like exchange glances. It's starting to get weird, starting to get tense. The music gets a little bit heavier. So you know that drama is going to happen. You always know that there will be drama once the music gets a little more serious in the hills or really any show ever, I guess. The next scene, we're at the club. And Steph and Cam are the first to get there. And she says she's excited for him to meet everybody. And he's like, it's not that exciting. He seems like a real wet rag. If I have to say one thing about Cameron, I think Cameron is a boring ass dude. And she goes, don't be a grump. And then Cam says, if Brody is there, he will talk to him. So Lauren and Lowe show up and Lowe is with a boy. And one thing going back to the Lowe podcast, it kind of like... It was almost like an aha moment, right? Like light bulb, as I like to say, because we never knew who Lowe was really dating. We didn't really know any of that. And she made it that way. So was this guy a boyfriend? Were they just like hooking up? Were they together a long time? We don't really know. But Stephanie ends up asking Lowe if Brody's gonna be coming. And Lowe's like, I don't know, do you know? And then Cameron leans in and says, he can't wait to talk to Brody. Cameron's trying to hype himself up to have this conversation with Brody. Then Brody shows up. And by the way, this is like the point where everyone was wearing beanies. All the guys were wearing beanies even inside. And I hated that trend. Fedoras and beanies. I like wearing beanies when it's cold out. I like to wear beanies or even like maybe with an outfit, but not at a hot ass club. Like I'm not into that. <laughs> Sorry for my beanie rant. But as I said, Brody showed up and he sits with Lauren and Steph then starts asking Cam if he's going to talk to Brody. And Cam's like, what? What are you saying? What are you even talking about? Cam's like, I don't want to fight Brody Jenner. I really don't want to get into it with him. But Lauren tells Brody that Steph and Cam are cute. Intentions are rising for sure. And Brody looks at Lauren. He goes, I thought homeboy wanted to say something to me. So after that moment, we get a lot of glances between Steph, Lauren, and Brody. A little bit with Cam, but Cam doesn't seem to be into the whole, you know, dramatic glance type of thing. And that's kind of it at the club. There is no confrontation. There is no fight. There is nothing like that. It is just Steph trying to get Cam to fight Brody. And Cam's just like, I don't want to fight Brody. If Cam wants to fight anybody, it's going to be Spencer. And maybe he will in a few episodes. We don't know. So we end up leaving the club and we go to Dark Child Studio. And Dark Child is a great producer. I mean, he was on Say My Name. He does a bunch of those older R&B songs. A lot of songs with Britney. It's like Dark Child na na. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But Brandy is sitting with Audrina and Kiara going through promo shots. And they're just kind of looking through. And Brandy's like, this is the one I want for the album cover. So it's kind of crazy to think that someone like Brandy, who is so iconic in the music industry, and she had her own show. Like, she had so much going on. But I feel like in the early 2000s, or 2000s in general, maybe Brandy fell off a little bit. And I might get hate for saying that. I'm sorry if that upset you. But she wasn't as popular as she was at one point, I should say. It's kind of crazy that she likely went on the hills to like promote herself again. So she shows them the album cover and then the producer tells Brandy she gets called back into the studio to do some re-records. And then Kiara starts asking about Corey because that is what you do at work when you're with like obviously a big professional. You're like, all right, she's gone. We got to know about Corey. He's really nice, but my, my heart's just not there. What? Like rewatching this, I think I went, what did you just say, Audrina? You just said that out loud? But then we hear Brandy starting like belting out her song. I forget what song it is, but she's singing her heart out. And then we find out that Justin Bobby is waiting for Audrina outside. She's like, Justin's here. And Kara goes, at work right now. 
Yeah, I have to go talk to him. Kiara must have been like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> no, she was probably in on it, but you know what I mean. But she walks outside and Justin Bobby is out there wearing his beanie in like 40 layers of denim, long sleeve shirt, leaning against his motorcycle. And Justin says that he's been thinking about Cabo and he didn't want to be that guy. So he doesn't say sorry. He never apologizes for his actions. He just says that he never wanted to be that guy for Audrina. And Audrina says she's trying to convince herself to like someone, but someone else is on her mind. Of course, meaning him. She's still into him. She still wants to be with him. I think, I think we have something special, but being in a relationship, we have to, we have to be together. That's what Justin Bobby says, his words of wisdom, and now I'm going to play the rest of their conversation. It's an audio clip starting in three, two, one. Frustrating at times, like sometimes you don't put forth as much effort as you should. I know that. I'm very well aware of that. We're a big catch-22. 90% of my time is with you. It's pretty right on. It's really good. When I think about you, I don't think of anything negative whatsoever. I will pretty much always be there for you. And those are the words that Audrina has been waiting to hear for like years, right? Since he left her in Vegas, since he, since he abandoned her like 21 year old ass in Vegas, she has wanted Justin to step up and be with her, but he's always playing those fucking mind games and speaking in riddles. It looks like these two are going to make it though. That's what we're, we're meant to believe in that moment. Justin Bobby is a changed man and he wants to be with Audrina. So the way that scene ends, they hug and we're assuming that they're officially together. We don't really know the answer, but that's, that's the audience getting like, okay, they're, they're together for sure. So now we are back at Sony and we're with Kiara and Audrina. And Audrina said she felt bad walking out on Brandy. <laughs> like, I don't know why that just kind of made me laugh. She's like, yeah, you know, I felt bad walking out on Brandy, but Justin was there. Okay, Audrina. <laughs> But then after that moment, our girl Kiara has to, has to let Audrina know that she was definitely in the wrong for walking out on Brandy for Justin Bobby. So I'm going to play an audio clip in three, two, one. With me, especially coming to work, you know, but think of how many times you wanted to end it with him. Though. Like there's a reason for that every time. And he can't just keep coming and sweeping you off your feet. But he wouldn't say those things if he didn't really care. Well, I think that he gets scared when he thinks he's going to lose you, and he likes when he feels like he's got you wrapped around his finger, you know? I know, but this time, like, just what he said. No, but he said it last time, too. I don't know. There's something that Justin and I have that, I, that no one else that I've met, like, we don't have that connection or chemistry. So you feel like with Corey, there's just no real connection. Well, you gotta do what you gotta do. I just don't want you to fall back into the same trap you've fallen back into 15 times before. I mean, I thought you were done. <sighs> I know, it's hard. I just, I like Corey, and I feel bad. Like, I think that he likes you. And I he, really like him. He would be I... good to you, you know? Because you really think you can, like, sit Corey down and be like, I, you've been nothing but fantastic, but I don't want to be with you at all. I have to give our girl Kiara a round of applause for how she delivered that. Whether it was scripted or not, the way she said that is how Lauren should have said everything she said about Spencer. She was very facts, right? It was a lot of facts. 
there wasn't much emotion. There was a little emotion. It was like, I care about you, but it wasn't over dramatic or anything. It was like, these are the facts. If you want to live with them, we can. If you don't want to believe me, that's on you, but I'm telling you what's going on. And you're going to listen. Whether you want to really listen or not is up to you. I don't know. I always say that I've been the Lauren friend in my friendships. Maybe I'm more of the Kiara friend. I like to think I deliver things a little less emotional than Lauren, but that's probably what a Lauren friend would say, huh? Next scene, we are at a place called Waffle and we're having lunch with Steph and Spidey. And Spidey rolls up, they're 40 minutes late and Steph's like, you guys are late. Oh, I thought we were on Steph and Cameron time, you know, 45 minutes late. All right, Spencer, we get it. You're an asshole, we get it. We, we know everyone's late all the time. But Steph then tells them that Cameron didn't want to come because Spidey makes him uncomfortable. And Heidi's like, why, why would we ever make anybody uncomfortable? I'll tell you what, Heidi, your TikToks scare me. They worry me, I'm worried about you. <laughs> on a scale from one to 10, how much do you like him? I have no idea, he's nice. Like Steph does not want to talk about Cameron. She probably doesn't even want to film at this moment. But Spencer asks if he stood up to Brody and Steph says that she doesn't want to fight. She's like, I don't want to fight with you. It's not a fight. The dude made you cry twice. Okay, Spencer, listen, if you are this passionate about somebody making your sister cry, why don't you say something, right? Like at this point, it's like, I know you and Brody already don't like each other. Why don't you say something to Brody? Huh? Why don't you, Spencer? But Steph responds with, every time I leave a meal with you guys, I want to break up with him. Well, there you go then, is Spencer's reply. So Spencer's like, just dump his ass now. You might as well. And again, it's just like, I don't like Spencer and watching these scenes really bugged the shit out of me, whether they were completely rehearsed or not. I just, it bugs me. His, his, the way he speaks to women really bothers me, especially in these scenes. Again, him and, Sp him and Heidi will say it was fake till they're blue in the face, but even, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I have a lot of feelings about it, obviously, but I don't like the way he speaks to women, especially his sister. If my brother spoke to me like that, I would never talk to him again. Now we are ending the episode with a Corey and Audrina date. And guess what? It's not going to end well for our boy Corey, but he starts off the date by giving her a little koala. And she's like, I'm going to keep this forever. And she asks when he's going to Australia. He's like, you know, I'm going to go for Christmas. I almost tried to do the accent. Did you see? I caught myself. He goes, I'm gonna be there for Christmas. He calls it Chrissy, which I thought was cute. He's like, I'll be there for Chrissy. And then like two months after. And he basically tells Audrina that he wants her to come with him for a little bit. He's like, I know it's a long time, but if you have the time, I would love to hang out on the beach with you for a little bit. And she goes, did you just invite me to Australia? Yeah, I guess I did. I can't, it's, it's too hard, it's hard. <laughs> Wait, what? Like someone wants you to come to Australia with them and he's a nice guy, he's very attractive and he gave you a fucking koala. You go to Australia with them. Audrina then tells him that he's moving too fast. She's like, you know, things are good, but you're just moving too fast for me. Because remember, she's been waiting on Justin for four years. She, they like to move at glacial, glacial, glacial speeds. But he ends up asking about Justin and she's like, I just need to go back to him. What, what girl? don't do it. Don't do it. Kiara, listen to Kiara. Don't do it. She then says that Justin has her heart, but she starts off by being like, Corey, you are the nicest, most generous, best man I've ever been with. But this piece of shit, Justin Bobby just has my heart. And Corey looks very visibly bummed. He's like holding back tears and he's like, yeah, well, I'm not going to cry about it. And he looks so sad, but they end up getting up from their date and they hug goodbye and she still has the little koala in her hand when they give each other a hug. And that is how the episode ends. That is how it ends with Audrina leaving, Australian hunk, 
Corey for Justin Bobby, who lives in a van by the beach. Now, I don't know if he lived in a van at this point. I know at one point he did, but yeah, so that's how the episode ends. And again, I think that this, maybe it wasn't as much of a filler episode as I thought it was, but it definitely isn't one of the best. And maybe it's just because I'm so upset about Corey and Audrina. <laughs> Maybe it's a personal not best episode. I do love the Kiara part. You know when I love when friends have to give that tough love. It's something, it's a, it's a good part of friendship, I think. I think in any friendship, you got to give the tough love. And you have to do it in a way where you're not going to really hurt their feelings, which is always like a, a tough line. But yeah, that is how episode 12 of season four ends. So you guys know that I love my MTV shows. I watch The Challenge, Floribama Shore, and Teen Mom, whether it's Teen Mom OG or Teen Mom 2, I watched those shows. And Teen Mom 2 actually premiered and they introduced a new mom named Ashley. When I tell you I did not pay attention to a second of that premiere for the most part, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I was so bored. And one thing that I don't totally understand is Brianna. Now, I think Brianna is good mom to her kids. Like I'm never gonna mom shame her. But I do wonder about her money situation. It stresses me out. I'm sure it stresses other wa people who watch the show, viewers, out as well. Because there's three people in that house. I believe I don't think their mom works due to a medical reason. I don't know about Brittany. But Brianna's always saying that she doesn't have enough money to cover the kids. And yes, her, her baby daddy should be pitching in. There is no doubt about that, right? Like, yeah, for sure. But MTV money, where is that MTV money? What is she getting paid? I doubt she's getting paid as much as Leah and Kale, but she's still making some kind of MTV money. She also does the clickbait articles and she does a lot of sponsored posts. So her like money situation really, really stresses me out unless she's just playing it up for the cameras, which could always be the case. It could just be a storyline that she wants to have. But I do think that Devoin has been kind of an asshole, right? Like Devoin has done some things in the past that haven't been so great. But if if he was able to grow up more and if she was able to forgive him a bit for his past struggles, I think that would be incredible because Stella really loves Devoin, even though Devoin is not his, her father. I feel really bad for Stella because she sees her sister go off with her dad and Stella never sees Philip. Louis, Louis, not Philip, his name's Louis. And it just breaks my heart. I think Stella seems like such a cute, sweet kid, both of Brianna's kids seem very well-behaved, very cute. They're both very beautiful. But I don't know, something about Stella, like she just kind of grabs at my heart a little bit more. And I really hope that something changes with that or that Devoin would be allowed to even take Stella for a day along with, I'm blanking on, I'm blanking on Devoin and Brianna's daughter's name, but Nova, I'm sorry. Again, see, like Teen Mom 2, usually I'm like, yeah, the Teen Mom 2 girls know drama. And I'm pretty sure later in the season there's going to be a lot of drama because Devoin was actually on Kale's podcast. I haven't listened to it, but I'm going to listen to it and talk about that as well. I'm just, I wanted to see it play out on screen before I listened, which probably sounds weird. People would probably want to listen before they see it play out on screen. I'm the opposite way. I don't know what's wrong with me, but Teen Mom 2 was really boring and... It's almost like watching like Instagram stories because of how short each segment is. I wish they never even replaced Chelsea, just leave it with four moms and let it be. But no, they want to do the five mom thing and I just think it's too many. I really think it's unnecessary and Chelsea is definitely missed. It's definitely noticed that she is not there. I will say I have a soft spot for Leah. I really love Leah. I think that she has come a very long way 
in the series and I hope that she just continues to get better. She looks really, really healthy, which I love. And unfortunately, she is going through something with breast cancer. I think it's a benign tumor that she needs to get removed, but it's still scary either way. And while I say that, remember, ladies, to check for lumps. I know that even if you're young, you might kind of think that you, you're in the clear because of your age, but definitely still check no matter, no matter how old you are. And as far as Kale goes, I think Kale is a great mom. I don't really know what her storyline is going to be. I think it's going to be interesting. I know that she has moved back to Dover, so she's not as close to Chris, but she is closer to Joe and Javi. As far as the other two moms, Ashley, and I don't even remember the other one. Like, that's kind of how I feel. I hate it. I hate when I watch stuff and it's just like on in the background. That's, that's how I felt about Teen Mom 2, and I usually really like Teen Mom 2. So hopefully it picks up as the season goes on. I'm sure the girls will eventually bring drama. But it was definitely a lackluster season premiere, for sure. As far as the challenge, the second half of the challenge was this week. And it was basically just dumping on Fessy still. I think Fessy is one of the least liked challengers that we've seen in a while. And I think most viewers that I've talked to, most fans of the challenge, would agree that they just don't like Fessy. I think Fessy needs some humbling. I think he needs to eat some humble pie, as Corey said, because Corey was like that. I did not like Corey for a long time, I mean... There was a point where he like tripped up Tony and smashed his head. I don't know if you remember that, but he ended up taking a break from the challenge and kind of, and I'm sure being a father changed Corey a lot as well. But I do think that Fessy needs to kind of calm himself down a little bit and get his ego down. Josh is still my least favorite. I would rather Fessy than Josh any day of the week. Josh drives me absolutely bananas. And I don't know if this is a spoiler alert for season 37, which they're filming right now, but I know that they did have to shut down production because a cast member tested positive for COVID five days into filming, five or six days. And it seems like a lot of cast members quit because they did not want to quarantine for another two weeks. So we're going to have to wait and see what happens with the newest season of the challenge. Because I get that people don't want to be away from their families even longer than they are. And I kind of wonder if they already got like their appearance paycheck. You know what I mean? Because a lot of them get paid a lot of money just to show up. It doesn't matter if they win or lose. They're still making that money. Also, a follower, Corinne, let me have her Paramount Plus, which I appreciate so much. And I've been watching the challenge All Stars. If you don't want spoilers, jump ahead a little bit. I am going to talk about it. But watching that is so fucking refreshing because it's like old challenges, right? They have challenges. They're, they're fairly hard dailies. Like, I wouldn't be able to do them. But it is just refreshing to see them all getting along. Yes, there's politics. Yes, there are moments where they don't really get along. They have to make little decisions. But it's not all just about fighting, like, what the challenges become on MTV. And it's obviously the older um, all-stars. Not even older. Jemmy's, Jemmy's not, like, an older all-star. But I am so sad to see my girl... Katie fucking Doyle go. Katie Doyle is one of the baddest bitches to ever grace the screen. And I know she wasn't in my top 10 reality TV people, but she is one of my favorite challengers of all time. I absolutely love her. And another thing, I actually put it in my story, but it's nice to see the men on the show actually respect the women. Like there was a elimination where Alton needed to call down a female competitor to help him in an elimination. And he called Anissa. And when Anissa's on the regular season of the challenge, she gets shit on by all the guys all the time. They call her unathletic. They call her bad at the game, all this stuff. 
But on this season, on the All-Star season, I should say, people are like, no, I want her on my team because she is one of the best at eliminations. Like, in my opinion, Anissa gets way too much hate. I don't think she deserves any of it. Sure, maybe she doesn't have the best endurance, but if I'm in like a puzzle contest or eating or strength, I would like Anissa on my side, to be totally honest. Alton is still one of the finest men I've ever seen grace the challenge screen, and he's still so good, but he's hooking up with, with Hilesa, and I do not like her. I do not like her. There's something about her I just don't like. Um, Kendall has really grown on me. I'm really rooting for Kendall. If Jemmy doesn't win, I want Kendall or Anissa to win. Um, and it was funny what Jemmy called Kendall the original Barbie beast because Jemmy does not like Jenna. So I don't know. I, I thought that was kind of funny. But overall, I really like the all-star season. And I, if you don't have Paramount+, Plus, definitely recommend trying it out. I'm not sure if it's available in every country, but it's a good one. All right, now let's get into Floribama Shore, okay? Let's talk about it. And... I always feel bad because it's me like just hating on Gus, but that's what you got to do sometimes. He has now posted things on his story that he's not coming back to, to um, Floribama Shore. He's posted that he's the one who brings all the ratings, which I don't totally disagree, Like, but he, his like antics are starting to get very old. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you need someone to hate. You needed Spencer on the Hills because Spencer ended up bringing the views. Spencer and Heidi made people want to watch. I don't think people are like, oh, I want to watch to see what Gus does. Honestly, at this point, I'm like, I want to watch to see what crazy shit Kodai, Candace, and Amy do. Like, I would rather watch them than Gus any day of the week. And I'm just, I'm so frustrated with him, but I'm talking about him, which is what what's supposed to happen, Right. So I kind of see what he's doing. He also said he wanted to go on the challenge again. I don't think he'll be invited back to the challenge. When he was on the challenge, he was really quiet and like kind of came off as one of the weaker guys until the very end he got in a screaming match with someone, maybe not Josh, maybe Josh, I don't know. But it seemed like after that, people started to really dislike him because he kind of just wasn't, wasn't what the challenge should have had, in my opinion. And since that moment, he's like tried to be a tough guy, tried to be hard. He has a weird scar on his face that looks like a scratch. He said he got jumped from it, but I don't know. It keeps like opening too. I'm like, is that a scab? Like, what is it? But no, overall, Floribama Shore, I think right now it is starting to get a bit stale, which I don't like because I really like the show. Um, I think that they are, that production is harping too much on the Jeremiah and Gus situation. I want to see them have fun. I want to see them get drunk. I don't want to see them always tension, always fighting. And yeah, that's kind of how I feel about Floribama Shore. Um, I bet you Gus will come back. Like, there's no doubt in my mind, even though he's like, I'm done production, trying to make me the villain when I'm not. I think he's like a narcissistic, egotistical person, and he'll, he'll never stop, right? He will never not be on the show. So those are my MTV shows that I watch. Those are the recaps. And yeah, I hope that you um, enjoy that segment. Hopefully Teen Mom 2 picks up, because like I said, I like Teen Mom 2 a lot. Now, somebody asked me to cover Summer House, and let me be clear, I am not a Bravo page. I do not know all of the Bravo ins and outs. I haven't watched every season. In fact, this was my first season of Summer House that I watched, and I'm not going to go back and rewatch. Like, when it comes to reality shows, it's hard for me to go back and rewatch old seasons, it, unless, like, I watched them before. But even with Real Housewives, I've only watched... <laughs> for a second, I paused because I thought I said Desperate Housewives. But Real Housewives in New York, I've only gone back a few seasons. Um, I started watching last season, and I watched some clips just to kind of catch up. 
but that's more what I do. I more just watch clips and it's not super hard for me to like put storylines together, especially with these shows. I feel like you would probably agree with that as well. So the Summer House drama has basically been Hannah Burner versus everyone, right? Like Hannah and Paige have gone on podcasts and talked their shit about Kyle and Amanda and talked their shit about other people. Apparently she said that Carl had a drug issue even though he never did. And obviously that's a very sensitive subject because Carl's brother recently overdosed while they were actually at the house together. And one thing that I think, I think Hannah is so involved in social media and that's kind of a problem. So when I think of like the glory days of reality TV, there was no social media. So you couldn't continue to kind of stoke the fire unless you were Spidey and you sold stories to tabloids. But I think that with all the social media stuff, it's almost not even worth having like summer, I mean, Summer House is a great show. Let me make that clear. But with all the social media behind it, it's tough to, I don't know. It actually really bothers me. I don't know how to explain it correctly, but it really bothers me that they're all going on podcasts now, even if they want to come on mine though, like they're more than welcome to come on mine. Let me just plug that real quick. But I don't know. It's just, there's something that it takes away from it. Does that make sense? Like it, or maybe it adds to it if you look at it that way. I don't know. There's, it's just, that's my issue with Bravo shows like Bravo Liberties. They're on Instagram so much talking their shit. And I'm kind of like, I get it. It's great for the show and all this stuff. But at some points I'm like, I'm tired. I don't, I'm tired. I just want all my drama to be on TV. I don't want to have to listen to a million podcasts and then look on Twitter and then look on Instagram to see who's saying what. But basically it seems like Hannah is really upset with Kyle. Kyle hates Hannah. Nobody's ever going to apologize. And that seems like that. But I will say my favorites is Lindsay because she's so crazy. And I also really like Danielle. I think Danielle is the perfect example of somebody who isn't necessarily reality TV gold, but she's necessary. She's someone who needs to be there as an outside side character type of person because she even calls Lindsay out on her shit, right? She's not just there to be a yes man for somebody. I mean, she'll go toe to toe with Lindsay in my opinion, Whereas someone like Paige, who I actually really, really like, is very much like a quiet yes man for Hannah, so it seems. And she's like, I'm not her mom. I can't tell her what to do. But I think there comes a moment in friendships where you need to be like, hey, you need to fucking dial it back. You need to calm yourself down. And I almost think that Paige not saying that has made the situation even worse for Hannah because Hannah thinks she's still in the right. And I do think there are moments where Hannah had a right to be pissed. Like, I don't want to say her feelings aren't valid, but I don't think her apologizing to like Amanda is, is necessarily sincere, you know? And there is an Instagram called Build Up Babes, and they have been doing a really good job keeping track of all the drama, all the podcasts that both Kyle, Amanda, Paige, and Hannah have gone on and kind of shit on each other and all this stuff. So if you really want like a rundown of all the drama, go to Build Up Babes on Instagram. Like I said, they did a really great job. There's like six parts at this point. Overall, I mean, I think that Summer House is a great show. I think it's a fun reality show. And if you do need a Bravo show to like dip your toe into, I would definitely suggest Summer House. Also really quick, I didn't agree when Paige said, fuck you, Danielle. But I will say the way that she delivered that line, A plus, A plus. I must've watched that line be delivered like 17 times. Kenny, I'm not even making that up. Like 
The way Paige said, uh, fuck you, Danielle. I loved it. It was incredible. Um, but yeah, I think the summer house drama, it's almost just too much social media is involved. And I do think that maybe Hannah feels the need for her personality to be the same as it is online, which is also like a scary line to cross because you do want to come off as very authentic. That's something that even I try and do, and I don't even have near the following that Hannah has, right? So I think that she's still trying to be that like comedian, funny, cool girl when she just needs to kind of maybe take a step back and like look at herself. Um, a few people asked me what I thought of her and Des. I think Des is weird. I don't know. And people are like, he's huge in Europe. And I'm like, okay, well, guess how you get really big in America? You date someone on Bravo, maybe. Um, but yeah, he, something about him rubs me the wrong way. And I will say, Hannah trying to say that like her having sex or Des going down on her, whatever happened in Kyle and Amanda's bathroom, she's like, that wasn't a big deal. Like, whatever. That is a big deal. Like, if somebody had sex in my bathroom and I wasn't aware and they kind of made a joke out of it, I'd be pissed. And I think for some people, it is hard to kind of see from another person's perspective. And I think with Hannah, she's having trouble seeing that. But I mean, like I said, go to Build Up Babes on Instagram. They have it all laid out. And there's so much just, there's just too much talking, you know, and it's a lot of the same stuff. So I guess to me, at, one, at what point are you just kind of like, listen, we're not going to be cool. We're not going to be friends and that's fine. And guess what? We'll get over it. Like we'll, we'll deal with that. But I guess we'll see if Summer House comes back for another season. I am excited for Winter House, but I'm not excited to see the Southern Charm Boys because every single time I hear about the Southern Charm Boys, it's something problematic. They do not just, I don't think I'm going to vibe with them well. Let me put it that way. So although that wasn't like a great Summer House deep dive, I hope that it was enough to kind of talk you into watching it. And if you have made it this far, you have made it to Pop Culture Brunch. And honestly, looking at my timestamps, the way I do it, the way I edit the podcast, I will do a segment, edit it, do the timestamps. I'm like, holy shit, apparently I had a lot to say this week and I was worried I was going to run out of things to say. And we haven't even gotten to Bridget's part. So holy shit, I hope you guys are enjoying the long podcast. Maybe this is because I didn't give you a super long podcast last week with Lo. And I know next week there will not be a podcast, so I hope this makes up for it. I hope you enjoy it. So this week in pop culture, trigger warning, trigger warning for Josh Duggar. I am going to talk my shit about Do Josh Duggar because fuck him. And you know what? Fuck his parents. Yes, I said it. I know that sounds harsh, but I also do not feel bad. The Duggar family has been a weird obsession of mine for years at this point. Like for quite some time, I've always watched their show. Well, I haven't watched their show in a while, but when I was younger, I used to watch their show all the time just because they fascinated me so much. I had never seen a family that big. I had never seen a family with, I guess, values like that, like no dancing, no jeans, um, toys that made no music, like could not be played or something. I don't know, whatever. They were fucking all bananas and it's more of a cult than anything in my personal opinion. Now, a few years ago, it came out that Josh molested his younger sisters. And the youngest one, I believe, was Joy, and she was five. Uh, so I believe there was five sisters that he molested. I could be wrong, but his parents did not do anything about it, really. They sent him away to a camp, kind of like how it would be like a pray the gay away type camp, I would assume. But he had to dig ditches. 
and cook food and shave his head, things like that. So that came out a few years ago and that's when Counting On started, which was Jill and Jessa originally. And then Jill ended up leaving the show because she realized her family was no good or her parents were no good. I'm sure she misses her siblings, but I know her husband Derek has been very vocal about how he feels about the Duggar family and how he says Jim Bob has taken all of their earnings from the TLC show, which I'm sure they've made a ton of money off of. And I don't even know how many of the kids got married, but I know Jill and Derek moved away. They excommunicated from the family pretty much. And now Jill has like a Christian mommy sex blog. So that's interesting. But it seems like Jill just wants to have more of a normal life and be away from the family. But also, I mean, if you think about it, her parents protected her abuser, right? And in my opinion, there has to be more to the story, right? Like there is no way Jim Bob is completely innocent. And I know that's probably a scary thing to say. It's probably allegedly, I should throw an allegedly in there, but there's just no way that is that a learned behavior. I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm not, I'm not a behavioral therapist. I'm not a psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever, but they, they, the way that they protected quote unquote, protected their daughters from their abuser who just so happened to live in the same home as them be related to them was put locks on the inside of the girls' bedroom doors so Josh wasn't quote unquote tempted to molest the girls again. They sent him away and he was no longer allowed to be alone in the room with any of the girls. Fast forward to January, 2020, Josh's dealership gets raided by the FBI. And I remember hearing that and being like, oh, that's weird, like what's gonna happen? And nothing came out about it. So I was like, oh, well, I guess we're gonna forget about that because we're in the middle of a hell storm anyway. And then of course it came out, he was officially arrested by the FBI. And once I heard that, I texted my friend and I said, child porn, right? It's either sex trafficking or child porn. If the FBI is involved, it's a big deal. There was a part of me that was hoping it was tax evasion. I was like, okay, maybe he just didn't pay his taxes, something like that. Like, I really, really hope it's not what we all think it is. Unfortunately, it was what we thought it was. And now this motherfucker, okay, let me, let me talk about privilege real quick. Cause I'm very angry about this. This is something I'm very passionate about. Like, like the fact that people hurt these young defenseless children and then look at child porn pornography. That's, that's not right. Those people, ugh, I have so many opinions. I'm trying to keep it as biased as possible, but you guys know me. Anyway, he got sent to prison, I believe, and then got out on bail. And now he is living with his family's friends and the wife, um, apparently she was a piano teacher. So she's not allowed to teach piano. She's not allowed to have children over. Josh is not allowed to have access to a laptop. He's not allowed to have access to a cell phone. He has to check in, wear a GPS. I'm like, why isn't he still in prison? I understand he has money. I understand that maybe his family is affluent in whatever little area of Arkansas, but I've also heard they're not super liked where they're from. But like, why is he walking the streets free? Okay, he downloaded pornography of a five-year-old child. That is, that is unacceptable, like, that is unacceptable beyond belief. I, it makes me sick thinking about it. His wife, Anna, said she tried to help him by putting like, watchdog things on their internet. And by watchdog, it's like, are you sure you wanna view this? Yes or no? All right, I'm gonna click yes, that type of thing. And it's just, it makes me so sick to my stomach that this guy 
This monster is walking the streets free, well, free to an extent. Because of who his family is, because of who his family knows, and I know this happens all across the country. I'm not trying to just shame the Duggars for this. I think it happens way more than we even know. But I hope that he never sees the light of day again. I hope Josh Duggar goes to prison. I hope his family stops being famous. I understand that his siblings were not a part of this, right? I understand that his siblings were abused by him. And so maybe maybe I do hope that, but then it's tough because Derek says Jim Bob steals all the family's money anyway, no matter what they make. In my head, I'm like, well, maybe those girls will feel safe if their abuser's locked up, even though it's their brother. And I'm sure it's, I don't know, I'm not gonna even try and go there, um, but their abuser will be locked up and they will be safe. And it makes me even more scared to think of the fact that he was in a home with his six children and Anna's pregnant with their seventh child. Terrifying. What, what was that house like? It couldn't have been good. If you guys don't remember when the um, Ashley Madison thing was leaked, it was, uh, Josh Duggar was a part of that. He's been emailed with a bunch of them and would meet up with them. And, you know, a lot of them said that he was very disrespectful. He was rude. He would ask for like, really violent things. So there has been so much shit about this man. And I think it's about fucking time that, you know, that he is has to pay for everything he's done over the years. And I hope there is some relief in his sister's lives, knowing that he will likely be locked up for a long time. And I hope he does get locked up because that's what he fucking deserves. And I hope that Jim Bob Duggar gets in trouble too if he had anything to do with anything. And I'll, ugh, it just, it, I don't know all the legal terms. I don't know all the psychology behind everything. I'm just kind of talking about my opinions. But I was surprised to see that Jessa spoke out. And I think Ginger did as well. I could be wrong. But I guess we will see what happens. And hopefully those girls can have some sense of relief knowing that their abuser is going to be locked up even if their abuser's their brother. Now on a completely different note, I'm going to talk about Raya. If you guys don't know what Raya is, it is a celebrity dating app basically. And it, you don't have to be a celebrity as long as you're like really good looking, they'll let you on. I don't know what's happened to my invite. I think it's lost in my junk folder. Maybe I'll take a look. But over the last week, a video of Ben Affleck came out because some girl unmatched him and he sent her a video like, Hey, Caroline, it's me, Ben, why'd you unmatch me? Which was haunting, okay? So obviously it's not like a bad thing. Like he was just kind of like, hey, why'd you unmatch me? It's really me. But also Ben Affleck has always kind of rubbed me the wrong way, especially now that he is no longer married. There's something weird about Ben. I don't know what it is. It's not like an army hammer kind of weird, but something about him just leaves me a little uneasy. And somebody asked me to talk about Ben and JLo. Absolutely not. <laughs> I will not put that into the universe. Um, I don't want them to get back together. I think J-Lo knows how to get attention. I think J-Lo is very smart with the media. And Ben just doesn't give a fuck, right? Like, he's just a reckless dude right now, just on, like, sending people videos and, and all this stuff. And also, another story came out. Matthew Perry matched with a 19-year-old, I believe. And she had videos FaceTiming him and... Then she was like, he was got really creepy and people were like, why was your settings up to 50 years old? And then they were like, why is his settings down to 19 years old? In my opinion, there wasn't really a story. Yeah, it's weird that he's talking to someone that young, in my opinion. And to her, she probably wanted to see what celebrity she could get. And I can't say I wouldn't do the same. 
But also, I think that as long as they're not sending you super inappropriate things, maybe don't blow up their spot. And that's me kind of weirdly sticking up for Ben Affleck and Matt Perry. I mean, they're allowed to go on dating apps just like we are. I don't know. It's just, if it's not inappropriate, then, then why share it? I, it's obviously for clout. I know why they're sharing it. I'm not trying to be, you know, I, I understand why they are sharing these videos. But yeah, it was like a non-story. I thought it was gonna be really, really dark and stuff, but I was just kind of like, oh, like that's all he said? Like he just told you like, grow your hair out or something? Was he being inappropriate? Maybe, maybe, I don't know, but it didn't seem that bad. And then when she started to get backlash, she was like, "Never mind." So that is the Raya update, but yeah. Ben and JLo. JLo's just smart with the media and Ben Affleck just doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. I mean, he'd had that weird fake relationship with Anna. D, I can't say her last name, I apologize, but with Anna for a while during COVID with their weird staged pap shots and then his weird Dunkin' Donuts pictures that he would get every morning and people are like, leave Ben alone. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Is he asking people to show up or did he ask people to show up? And then he got mad once they kind of kept coming. I don't know. But I think Ben is a bit of a mess. Um, and there's just something about him I've never really liked. I've never really enjoyed. And I blame my family for that because they never liked him either. Like there are random celebrities like Mark Wahlberg. I don't like him. Why don't I like him? I don't know. Growing up, my grandma didn't like him. So guess what? I don't like him either. <laughs> but I think if a celebrity is on a dating app, we need to let them be on their dating app. And as long as it's not inappropriate, as long as it's not crossing any lines, just let them do it. <laughs> Final thing I wanted to talk about in pop culture world, I am worried about Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber is starting to worry me again and people are like, why, because he has dreadlocks? Yeah, that's exactly why, because when is the last time he had dreadlocks? Let me ask you. When he was on his purpose tour. What happened during his purpose tour? That's when he canceled the tour halfway through because he said it was way too much for him because he had alleged drug use problems. That's when he was going fucking through it. That's when he was crying on stage every night and like said he couldn't perform and that's when he was not doing well. So that's why, yes, his hair and dreadlocks does kind of make me worry because last time he had that, he went down a really bad path allegedly. And I know that I talk about Justin almost every single episode at this point, but it's because I'm worried about Justin. Justin reminds me almost like a Britney. It is very worrisome to see him continuously like spiral, then it's, then it's good for a little bit, right? Then he has all of his Jesus posts. He has all this stuff where he's being strong and then he's starting to spiral again. I think a spiral's happening. I think that his team is doing everything they can to try and cover it up. I know he did cancel or he pushed his tour dates to 2022 and I don't think that tour is gonna happen. I'm saying that now, I've said it before. I do not think a Justin Bieber tour is ever gonna happen again, especially not a big stadium or arena tour. I just, I don't see it happening for him. I don't know if he's healthy enough. And also I went down this weird TikTok like rabbit hole that was a bunch of videos of him being mean to Haley and it really bummed me out. Like it made me sad, <laughs> but I don't know, man. I'm worried about my, I'm worried about Justin Bieber. I am. He's almost like a Britney to me in a way, someone who's so grown up and so like just, the media bash so hard. And I guess Miley Cyrus even, you know, all those names, Selena Gomez to a point, Demi Lovato, even Taylor Swift with all, with quote unquote, all the dudes that she was dating. I just, I think the media really takes its toll. And if you're not surrounded by people who will help keep you grounded, it's gonna fuck you up. And unfortunately, I don't think Justin was surrounded by the best people. 
there's a lot of speculation about Usher, who unfortunately, you guys know how I feel about Usher's music. But as a person, there's so much speculation about what Diddy did to Usher. Usher did the same thing to Justin. So there's just a lot of the speculation that I'm sure if you Googled it, something will pop up. I don't really wanna get into that because it's a lot of really dark stuff. And I talked about Josh Duggar earlier, so I'm just I'm like, I can't do it all. I can't do that. But yeah, Justin Bieber, something's happening. Something's gonna come and I'm worried about it. And I don't know, I don't know what's gonna, I don't know what's gonna happen. I did say I was gonna end on that, but I got a, I got a couple more things to talk about. Sorry, guys. Like I said, I'm, I'm chatty today. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. <laughs> but another thing that came out was Kylie Jenner saying she keeps her body, like her figure, by working out twice a day. And this is when I get mad at the Kardashians. Just say you bought that body because it fucks with so many young girls' heads, right? There will be girls who see that and say, all I have to do is work out twice a day. And guess what? They might start working out twice a day. It might go to them not eating. It might go to this and that and this and that. And then they still don't have that curvy figure that Kylie Jenner has. They're going to lose their fucking minds. And that is not fair. And these are the moments where I'm like, Chloe, when you did that whole post about how you feel bad about your body and how you do edit your body a little, she said she used a little bit of Photoshop. She should have taken responsibility. A lot of the pressure that we put on ourselves right now for our bodies, the Kardashians do not help, right? They, they've bought their bodies, they've Photoshopped their bodies, but how do they do it? Oh, you know, just going to the gym twice a day. Come on, young girls see that and that breaks my heart, right? Like that absolutely breaks my heart. I have always been overweight. That's something I've always struggled with. And I can remember telling my mom when I was little, I was like, Mom, how come I can't be skinny like Brittany or Christina? And she was like, you're built different, right? Like you're built different. And my mom has always been a bodybuilder, which people might think is weird. Like she's always gone to the gym. She used to be in bodybuilding competitions. I have never once heard my mom say anything about my body. She has never called me fat. She has never said anything. She has always just been like, are you happy? And there were moments where I'd be like, no, mom, I'm not happy. And she would say, well, let's fix that. Let's, let's see what we can do to make you feel healthier. And then we'd go on, you know, a diet or not a, even a diet. She'd be like, okay, well, for dinner this week, we're going to have chicken and broccoli and rice or whatever it was. And I was like, okay. And that's how it worked. I don't know. It's so hard. And not everybody is lucky enough to have a parent like that to really sit there and be like, you are beautiful the way you are. There have been plenty of times where people in my life have been like, you need to lose weight. I don't know. It's just, it really makes me mad that these celebrities, and I always pick on the Kardashians because that's who pops into my head because they edit their pictures so much. They do all this stuff. Just admit that your bodies are the way they are because of surgery. And one thing my mom would always remind me of is these people have money for trainers, cooks, everything. Everything they do, they can pay for. Even if they didn't buy their body, they still have a trainer that they pay for and to make them in the perfect shape. So that's something I just, it really frustrates me. And, and yeah, I wish, I wish Kylie would take responsibility. I mean, it's like, it's like when she got big lips and just said she like over lip lined her lips and it was puberty. Uh, Since that moment, I think it's bothered me with that family. Another person asked me to talk about Chloe and Tristan. I don't have anything to say about those two. I think he could cheat on her a million times, right? I think it could be on camera and she would forgive him, unfortunately. Hopefully this time around, it isn't true, but I have a feeling 
If this one isn't true, the next one will be. You know what I mean? And to end on a much lighter note, I'm sorry that this brunch has been very heavy. I, I mean, I, I hope that you had a bottle of champagne ready, but Leanne from Little Mix is expecting her first baby. And I just wanna highlight that. I wanted to end on a positive note and that is my positive note to end on. It's funny how I keep thinking I'm done talking about things and then Perry Edwards announces that she is also pregnant from Little Mix. Um, I guess we'll see what happens with the tour and everything like that, but I am sending them so much like happiness. I love Little Mix. You guys know that I think Little Mix deserves more respect on their name. So I'm super happy for the band. Also listen to their album because it's really, really good. It's a great pop album. And yeah, some other, one last thing. And when I say one last thing, I actually hopefully mean it this time. I wanted to talk about was the Bachelorette promos. A lot of people are saying that The Bachelorette is kind of getting shafted because Chris Harrison's not involved this season. People are really, really upset about it. Now, I have only watched one season of The Bachelorette, and that's the one with Tasha. Honestly, I didn't think Chris Harrison brought like a ton to the show, and I'm sure people who've watched it for a long time will disagree with me, but I just watching like the previews, I was like, oh, this is sad. And I feel like ABC is trying to punish this Bachelorette because of what Chris Harrison did to make sure that he was no longer on the show. Um, I'm excited to see Taysha host. I really like Taysha. She probably should have been on my top 10 reality TV people, but she hasn't been around long enough and I couldn't bear to get rid of anyone to add her to the list, but she's up there for me. I like her personality. I think she's a little ray of sunshine. Caitlin Bristow, she kind of annoys me here and there, but I'm willing to see her as a host. Maybe I'll like her better that way. But yeah, I think ABC definitely shafted The Bachelorette on purpose in um, just to like let people know that they're upset about everything with Chris Harrison. Now with that, I am going to leave it here and we are going to be having Bridget from TikTok, Build With Bridget, come on the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. We talk a lot about TV, nostalgia, of course. And yeah, I had a bunch of fun with her and I hope you guys enjoy. Hey guys, I am so excited. I'm having my first person from TikTok on the podcast. Her name is Bridget Meyer. Her handle is Build With Bridget. She has almost 400,000 likes. Earlier this episode, I said 300,000, but it's closer to 400,000, which is absolutely crazy. Bridget, thank you so much for coming on Nostalgia and Now. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Now, I am newer to TikTok. I have had it maybe a few months, but I'm just starting to post more. I have to say you're very brave for going on TikTok. Why was TikTok <laughs> your platform of choice? So I'm new to it too. I was one of the millennials that like completely didn't want anything to do with TikTok. So I got on the platform and I tried like a few things, just like playing around with the app. And I asked, like, I just one day was like completely bored and I made a video about Nina Dobrev and it just went like wildfire. It was crazy. So I was like, hold on, maybe I'm onto something. And I just kept going from there. <laughs> so that's basically how I like torpedoed on the app. And that was about like two weeks ago. So it's been crazy. It's only been two weeks. Yeah, it was like April the 20 something when I started my first video. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations. Congratulations for picking up all that, all the likes and everything. That's that's crazy. Thank you so much. Yeah, I did not expect that at all. <laughs> now, I don't know. I don't know if you know how I found you, but basically I don't like Chad Michael Murray. 
And you were on my for you page because a video about him and Kenzie Dalton popped up. And I was like, I have to follow this person. (laughs) That is so funny. I thought you found me from my Sophia video because that's when I first saw you comment um, because the likes and stuff were so crazy that I really couldn't see everybody's. But I was like, oh, my gosh, I was having a moment. I was freaking out. I was like, she saw my stuff. (laughs) Absolutely. I I love your takes on pop culture and the Sophia Bush uh, video she's talking about. Somebody commented saying that she lied about sexual assault. And I was like, we are not here for any Sophia slander. Absolutely not. (laughs) No, we are team Sophia all the way. So what is it about early 2000s or, you know, like those teen drama shows that you love just because you grew up with them or in which one do you love the most? Because you cover quite a few. Um, yeah, I'm all over the place just to make sure like it doesn't get stale and boring. Um, just because I'm like, how much can I say about one show? But I would have to say like One Tree Hill probably was my favorite show growing up. So that's why um, I didn't start there. I started with uh, The Vampire Diaries. But once I like branched off, I was like, okay, let me go down the rabbit hole of One Tree Hill and see what I can talk about. <laughs> but that's definitely my favorite. Um, absolutely. One Tree Hill. Who are some of your favorite One Tree Hill side characters? So not the core five, but the <laughs> others around them. I would probably, this is so random, but like Bevan, because okay. she made it so light and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Is Mouse considered core? I don't think so. Oh, he is? No, no, okay. no. He's extra. Oh, I, would say he's- <laughs> I was like, is he quite? I don't know. Mouse was good too. Like he had his moments where he, you know, I think every character is like a little bit annoying because they're supposed to be like human beings, but I think he was a really good character too. Um, He brought like a lot of, I don't really know what to say. Like, I guess for like the guys who always feel like they were friend zoned, like that was their mascot. <laughs> <What's Mal? laughs> and eventually, you know, he finally got his love story in, which I love to see, but I really did like him. I have to say we were completely robbed of, um, I must said Danielle Harris. Rachel and Mouth's love story. Yes. I was like, why did they never not go there? Because the chemistry was there, but well, they just never went there. Well, you know why, Mark Schwann. Oh, I'm like, I didn't even put that together. <laughs> that makes yeah. so much sense. That makes so much sense now. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, um, that nightmare of a man. I, such a nightmare. <laughs> and I feel like we still don't talk about it enough as a society. <laughs> We really don't, which is why, like, uh, initially, of course, I want my page to be light and everything. But, you know, like during the Me Too movement, everybody was coming out as being this and that. And so it was kind of like brushed over. And then one day, I don't know why, but I just was looking at the articles and I was so shocked that they went through this to produce, you know, and I kind of feel like when actors go through so much to give us all the great memories we have, we should sometimes shine a light on what they went through. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why I went there with that whole little series that I did about him because it was just crazy like, I was like this is insane I didn't know they went through any of that and yeah, they all kept it so professional too yeah crazy. I completely agree and I want to apologize to anyone listening there's a car alarm going off if you can hear it I'm sorry um <laughs> but there's one specific story I'm not sure if you covered it I'm sorry if you did but I did a, a deep dive about kind of Mark Schwann and what he did and I actually didn't know this until recently but they actually had to call the police because he would not stop knocking on Daniil Harris's hotel room. Did you know about that? 
I did. I was see. I was gonna go deeper, but then I was like, I don't want to traumatize everyone <laughs> with all of these like trigger warnings. But I read that, and I was just like. And then I also heard that she only came back because um, the guy who plays Dan, I think his name is Paul. Yep. He was like, yeah, he was on um, playing her love interest. So she was like, I know he would never do that in front of him, which is crazy and sad. But I'm glad he like looked out for them at least. Absolutely. And good on you for not traumatizing people. Me, on the other hand, I'm like, I'm going to make this as traumatic as possible. Not just traumatic. <laughs> That's so funny. So one thing that you covered, which I thought was interesting, were toxic characters that people seem to love, specifically Corey Matthews. Can you tell me about your feelings towards Corey Matthews? So I want, obviously I watched the show from beginning to end. It was like rerun on Disney. And as a kid, like I kind of saw it um, more so in the college years than anything. Like he was super duper toxic and I didn't even co- um, cover the thing that happened with Rachel in college where they took the joke a little too far. And I think it was Topanga that was siding with her because, you know, she's a human being and a woman. And he was like, <laughs> what did he say? I believe he said, why are you siding with her? You've known, basically you've known us longer. Like that has <laughs> nothing to do with this. <laughs> but basically he had a lot of talk. To- and I think a lot of main characters honestly have toxic traits. And I don't know why that is. A lot of the time I like supporting characters more than like the actual main character. But for him, I just know how he treated Sean was crazy and then um there was a time where he was like honing in on being Angela's friend all of a sudden because Sean and Angela broke up and she was like we never ever talk he's like that's not true but it was <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just a lot with Corey Matthews of course I got some hate for that but I the reason why I chose to do what I do is because to me, there's just fictional characters at the end of the day. I'm not hurting anybody. I will always give respect to the actors, um, you know, that play the roles, but I don't see the harm in poking fun at like fictional characters, but obviously some people do. (laughs) I mean, I poke fun at reality TV stars. So, you know, (laughs) Um, who are some other toxic characters that you think people give a little bit too much credit to? Um, Let me think. I'm trying to think of like, well, we know like Lucas. We definitely know Lucas for sure. Um, let me think. I don't know if I would qualify Marissa because a lot of people notice her behavior. But mm-hmm. Marissa was definitely super glorified, at least back in the day. Um, why am I blanking on terms right now? <laughs> But definitely, like, if we're talking about, like, that time period, Marissa Cooper, um, Lucas Scott, and, yeah, Corey Matthews. um, Yeah, I'm sorry. I cannot think of it. No, no, that's, I I threw that one on you. Don't even worry. Um, If you can think of one, I could definitely back you up. (laughs) I think I would add, like, um, Serena Vanderwoodson. And, like, did you watch Gossip Girl? You watch Gossip Girl, right? I did. So, one of... My opinions that's really, really unpopular is I actually really liked Dan and Blair together because I dislike Chuck so deeply. Like, it's just I feel it in my bones. And I'm just curious, what's your take on that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Chuck was another one for sure. I'm not sure if he was glorified. But um, as far as Dan and Blair, I think because they they had so much hate for each other, it was hard for me to believe them. I love it. And that's really the only reason why, because the characters 
uh, excuse me, the actors did a really good job, I think, of like bringing it <laughs> together. But I just kept thinking of all the time he, he said he hated Blair. <laughs> but I agree with you. I don't think Blair should have ended up with Chuck. Um, but they never really gave her a better option. Yeah. I was like Team Louie until he like did a turn for the worst <laughs> and went all crazy on her. But with with kind of in reason, because Louie had a reason to be upset, but I think they just turned him into a monster after a while, to be honest. But yeah, they kind of made it seem like Chuck and Blair had no other options but to be together, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah, so. I was just curious because a lot of people are like, you are crazy. I'm like, no, you, <laughs> no, you are crazy. <laughs> so one thing you did mention is you love secondary characters, as do I. Who are some of your like top secondary characters? I know we said One Tree Hill already, but characters who you don't think people talk about enough across. I never watched Dawson's Creek or anything, but I know a lot of my listeners have. So if you have anyone from, you know, Dawson's Creek or or really whatever. Yeah, at the time, um, I didn't even know Jen Lindley was a character on Dawson's Creek because it was always um, Pacey Dawson and uh, Joey. And I watched the show. And to be honest, I just recently watched the show. I wasn't like a fan back in the day, but there was no love for Jen whatsoever. <laughs> Jen was completely underrated. She was like super fem- feminist in like the early 2000s. She didn't really let boys define her. She had her ups and downs as a character, of course, but she was completely underrated. And I think Michelle Williams used to complain about not getting enough screen time. But in the end, um, the guy who played Dawson, James Vanderbeek, did say it probably will work out better for you in the long run in your career. And it has. She's done really, really amazing work. But definitely Jen Lindley for sure. Mm-hmm. And I know you talk a lot about Bonnie. You love Bonnie Bennett. I do love Bonnie. So much. <laughs> I, I agree. Most- no, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. I said, I think most people loved Bonnie. She was kind of like an unproblematic character. She was just really there set, unfortunately, to help all of the surrounding characters, which is why I felt like she didn't really get the storyline she deserved, which a lot of people agreed, and obviously some people didn't agree, but I definitely think she was like an underrated character on the show. For sure. I always say um, Caroline should be held to the same respect as Brooke Davis. Like, I love Caroline Forbes so deeply. <laughs> me too. Oh my goodness. That reminds me of the video I did about, did you watch um, uh, the originals? I watched parts, <laughs> so- but I am familiar with like all of the characters. So Cammy, I did a video about Cammy and I got so much hate on that video. It's not even <laughs> they like completely went in on me just because I felt I don't know how much you watched, but I felt like they mirrored a lot of Cammy's personality from Caroline. Okay. Like with Klaus. Um, like you know how she was like that kind of independent, very strong, like don't tell me what to do type thing, which is what I kind of felt they did with her character. And I felt like Nothing wrong with the actress. She did really good with the material she was given. But I do think that they should have changed her personality if they were going to introduce a new um, love interest for Klaus because that's when the comparisons start happening (laughs) with uh, at least like super diehard fans. And that's what happened. Um, And apparently the actress, Leah Pipes, got a lot of hate for that, which I would never support. Mm -hmm. All respect to actors and actresses. They're just doing their job. But... Yeah, I loved Caroline. I loved her growth. I felt like she probably had 
the biggest evolution on the show <laughs> character wise um damon did too but i definitely would give that to caroline i think now how are you dealing with <clears throat> fandoms because what i do what i do is very different than say what mm-hmm. you are doing because I have kind of built this world around Laguna in the Hills, but now I can add more pop culture and people kind of know where I stand. And I'm also more contained, I guess. (laughs) You're in the wild, wild West. That is TikTok. Is it difficult? Cause I know like vampire diaries fans are fucking crazy. Is it, is it hard to, cause you're not, you're never going to please everybody. So how are you? Um, this is what I say (laughs) to my family and friends. I'm like, you're never going to make me mad about a fictional character. You just can't do it. I respect everybody's opinions. I'll literally say in the comments, like you guys are, um, you know, entitled to your own opinion. I love the passion, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, to me, it gets ridiculous if someone's calling you dumb or whatever, like, come on, it's somebody's opinion. It doesn't change yours at the end of the day. And I really feel like a lot of the times the hate I get is from like younger fans that are like 12. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue back and forth with anyone. <laughs> At the end of the day, I say, if I, first of all, I don't even know what you look like. Have the time on your like little, it's just like, why take somebody's opinion about you who literally just watch a snippet of you for a minute or like in your case, you posting a picture and putting your opinion, which you're entitled to, why take that to heart? You know, you just kind of have to let it like roll off because at the end of the day, you have so many more people that are like rooting for you and supporting your work. So that's kind of how I take the hate from it. Just like with a grain of salt, I guess. Yeah, that's that's an awesome way to put it because I just started posting right. more on TikTok and people are commenting wrong things about like <laughs> Laguna Beach in the Hills. And I'm like, I can't fight with them. I want to. I want to fight with them. Because <laughs> it's not always opinions. Like, some are just factually Facts. wrong. Yes. I mean, for me, I will literally say it in the nicest way because I have a lot of fact issues. Because I did cover, I don't know if you saw, but it was Brad Pitt and um, Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. And some people were like, she didn't want kids. I'm like, no, actually, here is where you can go to find the, you know, the interview that states. you know what it it is what it is that she did want children but um not gonna go back and forth google i'll always say google is your friend that's my answer (laughs) if you don't want to google it then you clearly don't care that much so why should i (laughs) that's an awesome way to put it like i said you seem you seem much more like grounded on on all of this because i will fight people on tiktok i can't help it (laughs) (laughs) i mean once you like realize this is what i've realized some people literally love to argue so I'm I just don't have the time I'm gonna go create another video and make other people happy so (laughs) I think that's why I'm glad I've been on Instagram so long because I have been able to just kind of filter it out just a new platform still getting used to it Um, I'm gonna come to you for advice now Bridget well I'm here for you (laughs) so going back to the celebrity breakups what are some of like the the ones you took to heart some celebrity breakups that you really took to heart over the years? Um, I would definitely say I really did like uh, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, but it's weird because I also liked him with Angelina Jolie as well. Mm-hmm. And I liked, um, which is, this is so weird. I did a video about JLo and I mentioned her and Ben Affleck and I did like them together. I 
thought I felt like they were kind of like a peaceful couple and didn't have any like real super big issues. And then like a week later, there was like speculation that they got back together. I'm like, I'm over here manifesting <laughs> for couples to get back together. <laughs> and I loved um, Nina and Ian together. I really did, mm-hmm. obviously, because of their chemistry on the Vampire Diaries. But we know that he's happy with Nikki, so we're happy for him. So <laughs> Okay. All right. I was just kind of curious. I love my CW couples. So yes, Nina and Ian were definitely a surprise breakup in my opinion. Yes, they were super unproblematic as well. So I know you posted a video about Misha Barton and I have to ask, what is the beef with Misha Barton? Oh, every time. So when I initially started making videos, I was like, what's going to get people to, um, click. So I'm like, actors I'm mad at, but like in a funny satirical way. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, I, why did you leave the OC? And then that's when people started commenting that she left for um, really like serious personal issues like rehab. And I was like, oh no, I kind of feel bad. So let me go Google. But it was actually because she wanted to do other things creatively. Mm-hmm. But then unfortunately her life kind of like took a turn. But I think it was the best thing for her to leave because I don't think she would have realized her issues in a timely manner if she hadn't have left the OC she probably would have been busy working and like using whatever it is she allegedly used um you know repeatedly so I'm not mad at her (laughs) I just I actually would love to see her again like do some type of tv show or like you know a scripted tv show I always thought she was really really talented I know I was shocked I actually really liked her on the hills new beginnings like I didn't like anybody other than Misha Because they put all these people, like, they didn't have Lauren or Kristen, so I really didn't want to watch. I kind of watched, like, two episodes of it. But, yeah, I was like, all these people were just kind of side characters. We need Lauren or Kristen (laughs) to come back. Now, going into the whole Lauren-Kristen thing, now that I'm older, I realized I like them both for different reasons. Right. But back in the day, would you say you were more team Lauren or more team Kristen? I was all the way Lauren. like. all the way I liked Kristen I never like disliked her but I always she always came off as like mean to me and then now that I'm older I'm like of course you were mean like somebody was coming after your boyfriend (laughs) now I fully understand and I believe that Kristen just had such a confidence about her at such a young age that it was portrayed as mean and instead it should have been taken as she has confidence she knows what she wants and she's not going to take crap from anybody and Lauren was still sweet and loving she just kind of was trying to find herself I feel like but it like projected towards needing somebody which was Steven if that makes any sense at all. no <laughs> no I totally I agree I totally agree with you and it's actually kind of funny so I'm not sure how familiar you are with the podcast but I recap an episode every every podcast episode right and Lauren's actually kind of boring like the whole Hills cast <laughs> is boring and I'm like how did this last? You know, it's iconic yes. for its own reasons. Right. But going back, I w- I don't think Laguna's boring, like rewatching. But rewatching right. some Hills episodes, I'm like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> we had nothing to compare it to. I, I will definitely have to give it up to Heidi and Spencer because mm-hmm. they really like carried that show with all of their drama. And, you know, unfortunately, whatever happened between um, Heidi and Lauren, but that huge breakup of a friendship is probably what drew more people into it so they definitely created a lot of storylines so I know people hate Heidi and Spencer but they did give us a show at least 
you'll get me to admit that I appreciate Spidey for what they did for the Hills. Yes. <laughs> but one thing that I find really interesting now, and I want your take on it. A lot of people now um, are saying that like Heidi wasn't in the wrong. It was all Lauren. And this is something I don't agree with. I will never agree with, <laughs> but I don't agree with it just because, you know, they're what, 20? They were 20 at the time of the fight. And you do a lot of dumb shit when you're 20. It's just not on camera. And looking back, I think I would have still been on Lauren's side because when you see your friend dating someone who you don't like, you try, well, maybe not as much anymore, but when you're younger, you try and stop them. What are your thoughts on that? So I literally was Lauren. (laughs) Like, Yeah, same. That would like take other people's problems onto myself, especially because I never want to see my friends hurting. Um, So I definitely was her. Um, I would say like the reasoning behind their friendship was completely Heidi's fault Mm -hmm. because if your boyfriend or whatever started a rumor about somebody that you've grown up with that you care about, you not, I don't think you should stand by that person in my opinion. Um, At least scold them, (laughs) at least to make them a pot, like, Heidi shouldn't have been the one overly apologizing, in my opinion. It should have been she needs to get Spencer to give her a proper apology or whatever the case may be if it if it's your thing to stay with them. But for me, if you hurt somebody that I love so deeply, then I can't really be with you after that. But that's just me. <laughs> so I am still yeah. team LC on that one. <laughs> and that's, that's great because I saw you post the video and there weren't as many comments as I expected. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I can't fight people. I <laughs> know <laughs> everybody was like, LC, LC. I was like, okay, everybody's on the same page. <laughs> and I was shocked because Heidi seems to get so much love, especially like on TikTok. And I know she's on TikTok with her dances and stuff. Um, <laughs> So you actually made a post and we have very different opinions on this. And I'm just kind of curious. I want to hear your side. You hear my side. Okay. Seth and Summer, are they one of like your favorite fictional couples? They are. Do you find them problematic? I do. I do. <laughs> it's so, been a while since I watched the show, but I was like, what am I missing? <laughs> no. So this is how I feel. And I'm definitely in the minority for this opinion. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like Seth held Summer back. I do. Oh, okay. I can see, I can definitely see that. Are you talking about like the last season? I'm just or... talking about like him going on the boat and sailing away from all the problems. And then like gotcha. he didn't want her to go to Brown because he was jealous. He didn't get into whatever Rhode Island college he wanted to. I guess okay. Seth is like a character that always bothered me. But oh. I just, I just want to have a conversation about Seth and Summer. Um, okay. So geez, I guess, cause I, like I said, I haven't watched the show in, in a while, but I did start rewatching it and I just, all that just like went past my head. I think because Ryan and Marissa were so explosive from yeah. like shooting someone and like overdosing. I was just like, okay, these are like the unproblematic too, but I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. And also like Rachel and Adam's chemistry, like every time somebody has chemistry, I just, yeah, <laughs> let it go. Anything can happen. But I can definitely see like with if they were talking about like normal couples and normal behavior, then yes, that is not good. I do think you are right. <laughs> he did kind of pull their back now that I'm thinking about it. But my issue is I like those explosive couples. I loved Ryan and Marissa. Too. Like I loved that they were a train wreck. I did too, because it's what keeps you coming back. Because once he was with Taylor, I was completely bored. I was like, I don't want to see any of this. 
Um, who are your like favorite couples from Gossip Girl, One Tree Hill? I know we just did the OC, but who are like your your favorite couples from those shows? So I loved Brooke and Lucas together, and mm-hmm. I know that I'm probably in the minority with that. <laughs> but I feel like they helped each other change so much. And I heard that they were supposed to be like the end game couple until what happened behind the scenes happened. Mm-hmm which I completely understand. I would not want to work with him every day. <laughs> but I think that they had better chemistry than um, Leighton, Peyton, and, um, you know, Peyton and uh, him. But I also think on Gossip Girl that Nate and Serena should have ended up together instead of... <laughs> Dan and Serena were so forced by the end. So and I was forced. <laughs> you made my, my heart so happy. I love Nate and Serena. Yeah. Like, they're just both so pretty. Yes, they just belong together. <laughs> I always said Nate's like a golden retriever, just like happy to be involved yeah. and good looking, like cute and stuff. He's just there. And he never really, in my opinion, he never really caused that much drama from what I can remember. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like always like the side, more of the side person, like helping somebody else with their issues, mainly Truck, because that was his best friend. Um, but yeah, I think that Serena outgrew Dan. And given the fact that Dan was Gossip Girl, why on earth would anybody want to be around him after that? I know. And at the end, she's like, he tried to protect me. I'm like, no, he didn't. Right. Like literally Blair lost her kid because of the situation. <laughs> That he created on God. I, I just don't get it. But but Dan being Gossip Girl is a whole nother conversation. It was such a bad idea. <laughs> but so many plot holes. So many yeah. plot holes. <laughs> what are your favorite videos to make? I would say I love to do the ones where I don't like a character, even though I get like a lot of hate for it. Just because you get to be like more fun mm-hmm. with it. Like, this person really sucked because of this. Like, it's just more fun, in my opinion. I've also really liked doing, like, a little bit of lists. Like, I literally just today did, um, like, TV's Greatest Moms. Just a reflection of, like, great characters. So not everything I do is, like, super negative. But I like to, like, unwrap a character, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. When I win on whether or not they're... Let's see if I do do a segment where it's, like, so-and-so deserved better. I like to unwrap why Jen deserved better or Lane or whoever it is. Just basically going into layers of a character because sometimes people forget that and they're like, oh yeah, this person was really great and they deserve better. Or they can be like, yeah, Ross really sucked <laughs> as a character. But, you know, I love, it's funny because I loved Ross. He was my favorite fr- friend on Friends. Mm-hmm. But so like didn't like him with Rachel at all so it's like I'm in the middle like I don't like Ross but I also loved how he was portrayed by David Schwimmer so <laughs> like somewhere in the middle with that no no I totally get that I didn't hate Ross I know a lot of people didn't like him like I actually did not like Chandler at all he really bothered me but I feel like I'm a lot like Chandler which is why he bothered me that's so funny yeah everyone's like Chandler is the funniest but I'm like Look at the the memes that I put on. Like he was everything. Everything he said was gold. Basically, I feel like Chandler tried to be funny, and Ross was funny on accident. If, yeah, you know, yeah. One other. Now I know. Thank you for coming on. Everything. One thing I wanted to really talk about was JoJo because I have been on Justice for JoJo for years, like a decade now since since she came out with um like Marvin's Room remix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I tried Adderall and Red Bull. Let's not, we don't need to really go into it. Yeah. What are your thoughts with the whole JoJo scenario? And I know she has had a comeback. She's had two albums come out since she kind of got out from under that horrible contract, which is Aaliyah's uncle. Do you think she'll ever get to where she deserves to be in the music world? I do think that the most random things happen in the life. And I think that she has the talent for it to happen. I do think that she does need better songwriters like she Mm -hmm. used to have. And I honestly feel that way about a lot of artists. I think that they're super underrated because they don't have the right songs because you can belt out a tune, but if nobody likes the tune, (laughs) you're not going to go anywhere. But I totally have faith in her. I believe she won a Grammy not too long ago. Um, She was on somebody's song, Say So. And I. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm hmm. Yes. And so she won a Grammy for being on that song, which was like super duper late. But I think there's hope for her if she does things in the right way. Like if she gets the right people on her albums, like I know she had Tory Lanez on one of her songs. Like if she gets bigger artists to collab with her, then people will be like, oh, this is Jojo. I remember her. And then she'll start going up. So I think there's hope for her there. Who are some of the other artists that you're thinking of that don't have like greatest song writers? I'm just curious. I, I'm really thinking of Jessie J. Oh. A, yeah, she's so underrated. Like, her talent is crazy. And I'm just like, no one cares because she doesn't, she doesn't have proper songwriters. Also, Normani, mm-hmm. super underrated. And I don't know what her team is doing, but, like, after she released her single, they should have been on her like crazy to keep, keep it going. But they just never did. I know. And I've, I've heard there's a lot of drama, like, behind the scenes with Camila Cabello. Like there's something, something, yeah. And it's just so sad because Normani can sing. Yeah. And she can dance better, in my opinion, better than she can sing. Like she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's incredible. I was also, I always go hard for Tori Kelly too. I always feel like Tori Kelly has never gotten to where I think she deserves to be. And a lot of people are like, well, she does like more um, faith-based music now. I'm like, listen, if I want Tori Kelly to put out good pop music, <laughs> that's right. what I want. No, yeah, she all, also is super underrated. Like, all these women have, like, extremely intense voices. Mm-hmm. There are people that don't have as crazy voices that are, like, all over the place. So, I mean, I know, in my opinion, JoJo should be on the level of Ariana Grande, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And then, you know, there's Demi Lovato, too. She also has a crazy powerhouse of a voice. So I think she should be up there with them. But because of what happened to her, she's, like, slowly climbing up again, which is sad. But, like, that's why I try my best to shed light on random topics. And I don't have anything specific because I really always wanted to cover that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to shed light on, like, the fact that her career should be bigger and, and whatever. The video actually did pretty good i can't remember where it's at now i think it's like 17k views but i'm hoping people keep pushing it yeah (laughs) for sure justice for jojo yes absolutely um i know we've talked a lot of like nostalgia a lot of shows we used to love and still love to this day not just back in the past what are some (laughs) shows that you watch now i i think svu is counting as (laughs) nostalgia Yep. And now, and same thing with Grey's Anatomy. It's not what it used to be, but do you watch Grey's Anatomy? I do. I watch Grey's. I torture myself every week. Yes. Oh my gosh. Jackson leaving really actually took a piece of me. <laughs> so 
Um, who have been some of your favorite characters from Grey's? Because I'm always curious to just know, because there's been like a hundred characters that have come through. Oh my God, yes. But maybe like Um, a top five, if you can. Top five. Okay, definitely Christina. Mm -hmm. I loved um, Callie. I really Mm -hmm. loved Callie. Uh, let me think. Mark, for sure. Mark was such an amazing character. And I honestly feel like he was underrated, too. Um, let's think. April had one of the best evolutions on the show. And then I'm going to have to put my boy Jackson in there because he just ripped my heart out <laughs> because he was leaving. So that's my top five. <laughs> we have almost the same top five. Oh, really? What's yours? So I'd say Christina, Bailey, Arizona, April, Lexi. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that completely makes sense. I wanted to put Arizona in there too, but I'm like, it's all girls. Let me just throw him in there. Let me throw Mark and Jesse. Um, Mark and uh, yeah, I'm in there. <laughs> well, it's funny. Earlier in this podcast episode, I did my top ten reality TV stars, and there was only one guy in it. I don't know why. I just like female <laughs> characters better, to be honest. Yeah, I kind of feel like, I don't know, guys aren't as interesting. And then they're like kind of seemingly as they come off as like petty and like jerk kind of Mm -hmm. like Bobby, for example, like when he stirs up drama, I just see Justin Bobby is kind of like a jerk. Justin Bobby is a jerk. He's a gaslighter for sure. hundred percent. Um, what other, what artists do you listen to now? Um, I am all over the place, but I've been listening to like such old stuff, like Jojo being one. I love Drake for sure. So I listen to Drake all the time. Ariana Grande, like these people do not miss Ariana Grande, (laughs) Drake and Ed Sheeran. I don't know. I don't think they know what a flop is. I don't think they know what a bad record is, (laughs) but I would them for sure um would be like my top full I love like pretty much everything that Ed Sheeran puts out and yeah I would say that's basically who I listen to kind of right now that's awesome that's great I mean I'm all Taylor Swift out Kelly Clarkson just (laughs) oh yes I loved like young Kelly Mm -hmm. she was like amazing I loved her um what was the song I think it was called Miss Independent I used to love that song so much she changed the pop game and I will not listen to anybody saying she did it yes she did she absolutely did I loved her now as we start wrapping this up one other thing you do obviously you do awesome pop culture and nostalgia Mm -hmm. you kind of encompass everything but you also do body positivity so I just wanted to say first of all thank you for doing that but also what, I guess, what made you want to do that as well? Well, you're very welcome. <laughs> it's definitely not easy. Um, growing up, I got a lot from, I hate to say my family, like not my sisters or anything, but like extended family would always make comments about how I look. Like I used to have a nickname, Roly Poly, like all this stuff. <laughs> but now, and it's like, now I'm seeing that my body is now becoming, I hate to say it, a trend um, because I'm like more curvy. And I just, it bothers me because no matter what, I'm going to have this body. Like I'm going to have this body 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And I really hate the, the thought that women's bodies are trends that we're just they kind of dehumanizes us at mm-hmm. the end of the day, because that allows people to both men and women to make whatever comments they want and not feel bad about it because you don't have a big butt or your stomach is too big or whatever. So with that, I just really wanted to share my experiences. I want somebody to see maybe they look like me, that it's okay to have roles. It's okay to have cellulite. It's part of being a woman. So that's really what I wanted to share. 
with everybody. <laughs> yeah, I give you I give you so much credit for that. Um, and and again, I'm not just saying that. Like, thank you for doing that, and thank you for telling people it's okay to be comfortable in their bodies. That's really important, especially in the time we grew up in. I mean, yes. quote unquote, anore- anorexia chic was like a thing, oh my God, or heroin yeah. chic. It was called heroin chic. Oh, it's crazy. And it's it's that sound that's from TikTok. It's like I think this is affecting me mentally. Yeah, I always think of that, especially with Britney Spears's um, VMA performance, where they were like, "She's so fat and so this," and I was just like, "Oh my god!" And I feel like even I'm almost thirty. I'm not sure how old you are, but you have to really unlearn those things. And I feel Absolutely. like people like you who do want to go out there and be like, "Listen, bodies are all different." That helps mm-hmm. people unlearn those super unhealthy habits that we had. So again, I know I've said thank you a bunch, but I do appreciate <laughs> you doing that. You're welcome. Yes, I'm 27. So I'm like rolling down to 32. <laughs> but I remember how toxic the tabloids were and like being a young girl and not thinking it was okay. I think it was a picture of Cameron Diaz or somebody. They were on a beach and they literally captioned it, <clears throat> excuse me, beach whale or something. And I was like, why is this okay? But I'm like, grown people are doing it. So it must be okay. So that's why that's where, you know, the body dysmorphia and all that starts to kick in for young girls, because they're like, if these people are saying it's okay, then it must be okay. And I got to look like this. And that's just not the case. So trying to fix it, you know, one, one post at a time trying to fix it. (laughs) Well, we will take that one post at a time, Bridget. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can everybody find you? Well, they can also find me at um, Build with Bridget on Instagram and on TikTok. So, okay. <laughs> and, and there's no D in my name. <laughs> I was about to spell your name. It's B R I G E T T E. Yes. Thank okay. you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Bye.